Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the NS9 postgame show. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Neil. Neil, we have a Pirates victory, a rare we one this spring. I'm surprised. It's like, what, one of six? Yes. Yes, <laughs> one of six. Tell right. us where you were at when the Pirates won the six. <laughs> Chilling in my apartment, icing my legs. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, Pirates win. Uh, they, they beat the Twins today, seven to four. And I guess, I mean, just to kind of get into it in a sense, it was like an overall, like, pretty good game. It was one yeah. where you watched it. You took a lot of good things away from it. Uh, you were pleasant. It was pleasing, you know, not too many mm-hmm. things that made you irritated or, you know, what mm-hmm. the hell was this? It was a good overall spring game. There is one thing that really irritated me, but let's start with the positives. And let's it's mostly, do that. It's, it's mostly roster construction, but let's start with positives. So, um, I mean, I know you guys just had a conversation about them, but. Mitch Keller, once again, is looking amazing. And so, like, I don't know about you. It's hard to, like, take a whole lot from, like, spring training games, like, especially stats. Like, what I kind of look for is, like, pitch structure, velocity, swings and misses. And he's checking all those boxes. And it's exciting to see him, like, turn into a strikeout pitcher when last year he was kind of like a ground ball exclusive pitcher. And I don't know if you've seen that like throughout the spring. No, for sure. Uh, as one thing I tweeted today too, like you said, you know, when it comes to spring, I'm not looking so much into stats, right? I'm not looking at slash lines, mm-hmm. ERA, stuff like that. But the thing that struck me with Mitch Keller, we look overall for spring, 15.2 innings, 20 strikeouts, one walk. Like, like you're saying, those are the things that are really, really intriguing me about Mitch Keller this year, because you're right. You know, with him, to, like leaning to the sinker ball last year, Become that ground ball pitcher. That was cool. That was good. Mm-hmm. And to me, there was some concern this year with it because of the lack of shifting and such. Like, how much does now the ground balls affect him? Yeah. But he's learning to make outs via strikeout as well. Like, he looks like a complete pitcher right now. And I think the most exciting part is what I've noticed. Like, you mentioned the one walk is that he's getting strikeouts by attacking the plate. Like, he is not shying away from throwing strikes. Like, he is attacking the zone. He has his cutter. He has a slider. He has t- two fastballs. I'm going to keep my head off the mouse. <laughs> All right. No, sorry. But what was, it was like, you know, like, he he's just adopted this huge arsenal where he can attack the zone and, like, hitters and again it has been spring so they're still like getting used to like seeing pitches but i mean it's exciting stuff i i I would give him a contract on opening day like we did with hayes last year like so you're on board with the extending mitch 100 only because starting pitching is so hard to come by like rich hill's making eight million dollars this year i like rich hill but that would be a crazy amount for a 42 year old pitcher a couple of years ago. So like 
if you buy out some R beers, you give him some free agency extend, like you get him at a really good rate, especially if he takes this next step. Like it's kind of like Hayes, if he takes that next step, you've got two insane contracts under that it really can't be beat in terms of team building. Right. No, I'll put it this way. You know, I know there's been some dialogue. We've had some shows about extending him. I know Jim is maybe less on board is because he is a pitcher. Like how you say because of pitching is what Mm -hmm. you want to. And him, which I can understand the concern, right? Usually Mm -hmm. those are the guys that get injured opposed to batters. Like that's a little bit of a riskier extension. But I'm with you. It's like if they don't, it's not the end of the world for me. Like I want to see O'Neill Cruz get extended. That's know, right? I, I think I, that's I a, I think that's a fair take. I, I think he would be third on my wish list. The only reason I've been like tooting that horn is because we're never going to spend money in free agency with Bob on premier starting pitching. And so I think you almost have to take those risks with your guys, especially when you've seen a turnaround like Keller has had, I, I, I buy it sticking around, you know, and obviously, right. obviously, you take on the risk of him getting hurt, but I feel like that's any sports contract, and he's got to live up. And look at the Mets; the Mets are now eating. They're they're two big resigns. Are trying guys are might be out for the year. So no, right. I, I, get, I get I get the hesitation, but I think the risk is worth the reward. But let's just talk about that. Here we are. I mean, imagine a year ago having this debate on if you should extend Mitch Keller. This is where we've come. And yeah. it's a legit debate. And again, like talking about today's start, you know, even even more. I mean, what four point two innings today? No earned runs, three hits, no walks, had a hit run. by pitch. Oh my bad, one earned run. Because like, um, like that's like that's one thing he's been doing in bad is like with the home runs, but it's spring training. You know, he's tinkering with stuff. He's gonna leave some pitches in the zone. So I'm like, I'm not worried about that. But you're right. Last year, most people didn't want him on the team. I was kind yeah. of a believer after I saw him pump in 97 on Twitter, but like I never in my like wildest dreams would have expected to see this. You're right. And here we are. And again, it's not as just like, okay, it's spring training. He has a three was like a 3.45 ERA now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 3.45 ERA. Like, again, like that's not the stuff that matters. It's not that that we're looking at. It's the fact that, like you said, he is attacking the zone. This is not what Mitch Keller was. Mitch Keller was nibble, nibble, nibble because he was afraid. He would oh, poop yeah. his pants every time he took the mound, it would seem. You know what I mean? Like he just yeah. – he was not confident at all. And right now he is oozing in confidence. I mean not even physically, but just mm-hmm. mentally. The place that Mitch Keller is right now, I'm so excited for him this year. I, I just remember like back in like 2019 and 2020, you could just like visibly tell his body language was like all over the place. Like he obviously – it looked like he didn't even want to be there. And now, like, he just looks like he, he belongs. And, like, I don't know if he's, like, a mainstay leader. But, I mean, in terms of, like, an example for these young guys, I think it's an incredible story to have and just, like, an incredible – like, something incredible to watch because we really don't get a whole lot of stuff like this as fans, I don't think. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and let's look at today's start. So a couple of things, like you mentioned as well, him attacking. But I, I, I mean, I think it might be fair to say he was working on something as well. 32 cutters he threw today out of the 77 pitches. Uh, 42% of his pitches were cutters, uh, which okay. is something newer that he's been you know, using this year. I mean, all in all, he has seven pitches now. So again, like we're talking about Mitch Keller. He's got not only to add the sinker last year, but now he has the sweeper. He's got the cutter. I mean, today he threw seven pitches. We know he's a student mm-hmm. of the game. 
you know, like, again, this is some of the things that are exciting me, like the arsenal this guy has to create outs. Uh, but yes, today it was very cutter heavy. Uh, then mm. next with the four seam fastball, some curveballs, some sweepers, right? But like an overall two, 12 whiffs, 30% whiff rate. Again, yeah. he's missing bats. Like this, for what you can take away from spring, like uh, this today's start yeah. pretty much embodies what Mitch Keller's spring has been. It's about as positive as you can take away from anything spring really, really training related. Right. Um, and I just love the fact that like he has so many different pitches now with different velocities that like batters almost have to end up guessing. Like he has a fastball sitting 90, like 97. He has a cutter and a changeup in the low nineties, a sinker at 95. But then you also drop down to a sweeper and his curveball, And it's like, so I, and he's all thrown them for strikes. They've all looked good. And so I don't know what he's been doing this offseason. Who like I don't know if he went back to drive line and or if he's been working with Oscar, but like clearly whatever he's been working with has been good. And it's nice to see him not like rest on his laurels last year. Like he only went and took a, a, another step. And that makes me excited. Yes. Absolutely. Again, I can't, I feel like I can have an hour long conversation with Mitch Keller and that's not what this show is about. (laughs) And fortunately for the listeners, we won't, Uh, but it's just like, again, like this, how excited you are for Mitch Keller opposed to a year ago. It just, this is also why I can't be more proud that he's the opening day starter. Like such a great story for him, how much he's worked to get here. Um, but you are right. And like he, he, so far it's spring again, like I'm not going to take what he's throwing right now that Mm -hmm. is going to happen into, you know, the regular season, but like he's throwing all of them. It's not as if like, you know, one or two or three or just a show me pitch. Like he's, he's pretty much throwing them all so far. Yeah. And I I think like, obviously as a plans, like today was work on your cutter day. Yeah. Like when you're throwing 93 mile an hour cutters with that kind of movement, you're going to get swings and misses. You're going to get those that weak contact. And that's what he was inducing. Like outside of the first inning where he struggled a bit, gave up a couple hard hits. Like he, no one was hitting him hard until the home run. Well, I was going to say, and actually I'll not to like be that guy to correct you, but the, the two hits, one really wasn't like we're going to his cutter. One was a broken bat bloop. So like of the three hits he had in the first inning, one was oh, that great. broken, like he shattered a bat with his cutter. He did that right. like twice today. No, no, it's not a sorry thing, but it's also to kind of make it even better what you're saying. You know, one of those hits that he had in the first inning was really just a bloop that probably would have been an out, but because the bat shattered, it just kind of fell in between everyone. Um, So, like, again. I I was thinking of the Brooks Lee single to lead off the game. That was like 105 miles an hour. Yeah, that one definitely was. (laughs) (laughs) And then, obviously, the home run that did come in later, like you mentioned, uh, by Mm -hmm. that Larnich went like 400, I think it did, and. Uh, four, four, 408. I mean, 408. Yeah. A mere 30 feet shorter than what Travis Swaggerty did. But are you setting me up here? <laughs> uh, I think that's as good of a setup as any. Um, do, do we want to skip into that? I, I feel like the outfield mm. situation is getting more compelling right now. Uh, obviously, we know Brian Reynolds is there. Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon's been. Been out for a few days, right? Minor elbow injury. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's spring. He's out. No big deal. But we know Andrew Kutch, Andrew McCutcheon's playing. He's on the opening day roster. Like he's, he's on the <laughs> roster. Right. Now he'll mix it up with DH and outfield, but he'll occupy one of the outfield spots, obviously, apparently. Connor Joe's playing well. He was signed mm-hmm. and he's playing well so far. But I think, like, when you look at, like, the rest, there's Jack Sawinski, there's 
there's Swaggery, there's Cal Mitchell, there's Kanan Smith and Jigba. And I, I, like about a week ago, it was who's really taking this job? Yeah, I agree. And now that. fast forward a week later, and I think like the picture is looking a little bit better. And now, I mean, obviously the Pirates might have a different mindset, but we're looking at performance and how guys are playing. Mm-hmm. You said it with Travis Swaggerty. I mean, how can you look at what he's doing right now and just by performance, nothing outside of that, nothing about any other player, nothing about like his past status of the Pirates or his past mm-hmm. years playing, but just right now performance-wise, how do you look and see what he's doing? Very, very competent center fielder defensively. Yeah, he's hitting, he's hitting for power. How do you look at him and say, you know what? This kid doesn't earn a shot. Um, so I think he has the best chance out of all of them because of his center field ability. Like, and, and I know, I know Lee Com, and I think um, Justice talked about this when he was on the show about how like Lee Com's son is the worst, but like Jack does not look good as um, center field. It, he just doesn't, and that's okay. So I think just having like that inside path to playing center gives um, Swagger the the advantage to getting that fourth outfield spot. I I need to go back and see because he killed that pitch. He absolutely destroyed that ball 440 oh, yeah, feet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mason Martin yesterday also destroyed the ball 440 feet on a very similar meatball pitch. And so not that I want to take away from what Swaggerty has done because he's come out of the gate and destroyed Sprain. He has done an amazing job. I would want to go back and see what kind of pitches he's hitting out for home runs, though. Because today was, if he didn't hit that out, I think it would have been a disappointment, if that makes any sense. And I just, I, I can't shake looking at guys like Jared Kalanick, who is also having a monster spring. Fair. Because pitchers are just feeding him meatball after meatball that he mashes. And it doesn't matter because he can't hit a curveball to save his life. And so not that I don't think he doesn't deserve the job at this point, even though Smith and Jigba is also making a really compelling case. I don't want to crown him immediate center day, everyday center field starter like I have been seeing in some circles, though. Right. I want to be cautiously optimistic. <laughs> so that's a very fair point. And I guess, like, to take this back to my mindset, like, again, especially like a week ago, mm-hmm. it is spring. So I don't want to take too much from this. Yeah. So again, like we're looking at results, Swagger is having a very impressive spring. Mm-hmm. But, 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 again, we know Reynolds is there. You know, Kutch is there. Connor Joe was signed. He's going to be there. And also, he's performing decent enough this spring to show like he warrants a spot, right? So it's not to as if it's fair, like. Sorry, that, do, we know, do, 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 we know, do we know how badly this bad Santana injury is? Oh, we, it doesn't. Um, from what I saw, and I don't think it is. Okay, because I was thinking if like, he has to go to the DL, then like Joe just plays first base with Choi, and then you just slot someone else in there. But never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Fair. No, I don't. And again, I, I, I could certainly be wrong, but I don't <laughs> believe it's anything major. I think he avoided everything pretty serious stuff. So. Okay, that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Probably with him, some, some with Kutch, just kind of precautious. You know, it's yeah. their vets. It's spring. Mm-hmm. No big deal if he takes a day or two they know off. What they're doing right. Okay. Um, but good point about Joe. But yeah, so like when you look at Swaggerty, I don't want to like fall too much into this and you know be fooled and say okay, well because he's batting right now, Neil he's batting four seventeen and he has an OPS of twelve thirty two. He's starting. I don't care who else is out there. To yeah. me, it's it's less of that. I mean that's part of it, but to me, it's more of 
what is Sawinski doing to mm. earn his job? You know, so he, like, yeah. this was Sawinski's job to lose. If you're looking at the pecking order before the season started, he was up there. I mean, he was the guy that yeah. started out there, you know, last year he played how long. I know he got sent back down, came back up, but like, he's been there. He's got the at-bats. Then it was probably Kenny Smith and Jigba in my mind, and then Swagger. And just because, yeah. like, that's kind of how they viewed Swagger last year. I mean, he didn't, like, get any plate appearances in the majors. You got nine in all of them for lefties. Yeah, like, it wasn't really all that fair. Right. Well, I, I, I do see your point because, I mean, I'm not going to blow it to Bush. Swaggerty has been absolutely – Sawinski has been absolutely miserable <laughs> this spring. Um, But I guess for me, is like looking at Sawinski, I'm like, this is who Jack Sawinski is. He's going to strike out 30% of the time. He's going to hit you 20 home runs. And he's going to play a plus right field glove. And I think the Pirates are okay with that because I feel like, especially in a team that wasn't very good defensively last year now, I feel like that should change this year with all the signings we brought in. I feel like he will have that value, and he, because he has a 20 home run power that a guy like Smith and Jigma may not because of how he swings the bat, that's going to give him an inside track to staying on the roster. And I think that's probably that's what I'm assuming the front office is thinking. Yeah. See, like... I mean, that's completely fair. Mm-hmm. I, I don't – I said it on Twitter today. Like, mentally, where I'm at right now is I feel I'm leaning towards Swaggerty being sent to AAA. And, and really, it's going to be a battle, if not both, of Swaggerty. Did I say Swaggerty? Or you said Swaggerty. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm mixing them up too. I've been all day. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm mentally there to send Sawinski – to Indy and have them either battle or both of Swaggerty and Kane Smith and Jigba make it. That's where I'm at simply because much less of the fact that those two are performing, but just more of Sawinski isn't. And these are the yeah. reasons he was sent down to begin with last year. And those struggles still resumed in AAA. And then he got mm-hmm. called up to the majors again, and they still resumed to the majors until it, it felt like the past, like the last two weeks, it started like clicking a little bit for him, you know, yeah. better. Um, so like he still had those issues, and those issues remain. And to me, that's just where I'm like, I, I don't care about like I keep getting the slash line thrown at me. Well, well, it doesn't matter because Jack Swinsky right now is is batting. Let me find his. It's 208, 344, 417, OPS 761. Like OPS 761 yeah. isn't terrible, right? But yeah. when you're striking out. 15 times and 32 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. That's that's not good. And no. something tells me that slash line is going to normalize soon and he's mm-hmm. not going to have that 768 OPS or 761. And so I, that's sorry. where I'm at, but I'm not mm-hmm. but, but I I'm not strong that I will fight you tooth and nail for this by any means. So like, I mean, listen, I am not married to swaggery at all because to your point, striking out of that rate just isn't sustainable because I like, take away the slash line cuz the slash line doesn't involve context because if you strike out that much, you are, if you, if you're coming up with runners on runners in scoring position and you're just striking out and you're not putting balls in play. I mean, it's kind of like the Joey Gallo issue. That I think a lot of New York fans had with Joey Gallo, except so whiskey doesn't walk like Joey Gallo. He, he strikes out like him and he hits kind of for the same power. It's kind of like having a junior, like, it's like a diet Joey Gallo. And I mean, listen, I am all about competition with these young guys. I am all about giving the guys who are performing the opportunity because I think that lights a fire under people. And I think that's where you start building like that winning culture instead of people just resting on their laurels. Like 
this is my job. I don't need to, I don't need to push. Cause like, so who does Suwinski have to push for last year? Right. Who is he, he playing against? Bly Madras? Anthony Alfer, Bly Madras, <laughs> Deo Castillo. Right. Like, like not even out. Again, so nobody like, really. Yeah. And so like, and cause uh, poor Smith and Jiba broke his wrist. So after three games, but um, so no, I'm all about competition. And if Suwinski starts the year in AAA, you won't hear me complaining because I, I would like to be proven wrong about Swaggerty. I, I, I kind of all but given up on him. I would like to be Same. proven wrong. <laughs> And, and, like, and that's to be fair, I'm there also. Like, I've pretty mm-hmm. much I've written him off, so that's why I'm, I'm somewhat intrigued because again, it, it's less of what Swaggerty's doing this year in spring, mm-hmm. just more of what Swinsky isn't doing. No, that's um, entirely but, but right. Like, if uh, we talk about all three of them, Kenny Smith and Jigba, Swaggerty and Swinsky, wherever they all three are at, I- I'm not really going to complain. I'm not going to go crazy mm-hmm. because someone's in in the majors and someone's in in the minors or whatever but again i'm right now leaning towards Slavinsky being in the minors but regardless yeah. we'll move no you know forward that. off of that just to talk about all three of them again Swinsky didn't play today smith mm-hmm. and jigma had a went, went one for three with a strikeout had a double we mm-hmm. just talked about swaggerty's bomb today uh that gave him his third home run that was disgusting. and uh Oh, one for two today? Yeah, one for two with yeah. a strikeout. So the other two, solidly enough, right? They performed mm-hmm. today. Yeah, no. I mean, they were pretty good. I mean, Smith and Jigba has continued to mash the ball. Um, and I think the big key is kind of like with the it's kind of like the Hayson, where we are seeing him hit the ball in the air. And that is something he really struggled to do in the minors is pretty much for his entire career. I think last year he had over 50% ground ball rate in triple a, even though he hits the ball as hard as anyone else. And it just doesn't play like, unless you have Vlad Guerrero power where you can hit 30 plus home runs and then also have a 50 ground percent ground ball rate. You can't do that. Right. And so I kind of approached Smith and Jigba and swagger. you like, all right, these approaches are changing. They're hitting for power. They're pulling the ball. That is what I want to see from spring training. I don't care about their stat line. I want to see you improve in your approach. And that's what's really been making me happy about those two. Right. You know, you're, you're right. And, you know, I jokingly, like anyone who does that, I, I pretty much call him Eric Hosmer. Like, Kenny Smith yeah. and has a little bit of the Eric Hosmer to him. Like, you're saying, like, he hits the ball very, very hard, but a lot of times it's on the ground. Now he gets on base. Like, like I mean, yeah. there's definitely things about him that I do like. If the power can translate, right? If he starts getting the ball in the air and the power starts translating the way mm-hmm. it kind of has been so far this spring. Yeah. Again, I talked about t- he has two home runs, but really three. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the one, like Justice said on the show, because I don't think the game was on TV that day. He hit a home run, but he didn't know it was a home run. Right. So he passed a guy and ended up being a single. So it's like in the box score, it doesn't, it counts as a single, but he actually truly has three home runs on, on okay. spring. So, yeah. Like you, you are. I mean, he is. He's hitting the ball hard again this this spring. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff's there, but maybe we're starting to see it translate into true game power and getting in the air because that's the intriguing part about him. If he can do it, all two hundred thirty pounds of of this monster, if he could yeah. do that, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane to think about because like the guy can he has an eye that will play in the majors. Yes, he sees the ball insanely well. 
But for a guy that big and that freak of an athlete, he's never hit more than seven home runs in a season. And that is like worries me. And so the fact that he's already hit three this spring in what, like, I don't even know how many at bats against, you know, against probably some actual major league pitching, I think is really encouraging. If he walks and starts hitting for power, then I don't think Suwinski has a place. You've taken what Suwinski does and made it better. And so he leaves like, so uh, no, I'm very encouraged. And I think I'd want to see him in triple A. I'd probably say Swaggerty deserves the spot. And then send Candace Smith and Jigba and Suwinski to AAA for the time being and let them battle it out just because I want to see him prove that that like swing change isn't just a hoax. That's fair. Um, I think, by the way, 30 at-bats. So three home runs, one double, and the eight hits he's had out of 30 at-bats for Smith and Jigbo. That's... I, I, think, I think what it comes yeah. down to is Suwinski we know has power. I mean, everything you talked about before, like we we know that part about him for sure. Yeah. Um, I think we're a little unsure exactly how well the hit tool is in the strikeouts, but I think we're mm-hmm. leaning towards what it may really be. But regardless, mm-hmm. with Kenny Smith at Jigba, I think we know we're we're fine. We're we're seeing if the power's legit. We know we can get on yeah. base, right? Not the best outfielder, but but the hitting wise, it's there. But with Swaggerty, it's almost the same thing. It's like, is this is what he's doing with the, the bat for real? We know the defense is there. And we know mm-hmm. we can play center field. And to me, I think it's like that's going to be maybe the ultimate decision for the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Understanding that Brian Swinski, Brian, geez, everyone's Swinski now. <laughs> Brian Reynolds, <laughs> you know, it is Brian Swinski because that's Brian's- the combo of center field we're talking about. <laughs> you see, they want to get him out of center field full time. Mm-hmm. So they're putting him in left a little bit. So when he is in left, it is Swinski in center, but Swinski in center is kind of shaky. And then the bat we yeah. see is very shaky. So maybe that's what gives Swagger the upper hand. If there's, you know, true competition, they decide one of the three, or maybe it's, there's more belief in the bat with Smith and Jigba. And that's where they go with him. Like there's, there's pros and cons to all these players. So it's going to be, I guess, again, intriguing to see which direction the pirates Mm -hmm. go based off of whatever reason. And at the very least, and like last year, we were employing three actual outfielders on the team at the same time. (laughs) Ben, you've done it. (laughs) (laughs) man oh man how far this team has come roster construction man it's like it's like a mistake i'm making out of the park and you know i kind of mentioned this but uh, before the show but part i am worried about the bullpen specifically the left-handed bullpen yeah because we have one guy right now who is fun jose hernandez is fun but he's a rule two guy who hasn't played above double A, and he is our only left-handed guy pitcher, I think, on the roster. And I think that's going to be a big problem unless, like, we have some like amazing relievers waiting in triple A that we can use that are on the forty man. But I don't think they exist. So, yes, <laughs> that's a very <laughs> fair point. Um. <laughs> um I guess I would be more worried if that means something. If this was like a real, this team's ready to compete type of year. Okay, um, that's fair. It's it's not ideal because you're right. And and I guess with that being said, the news 
from Ar- Harleen Garcia this week. It, the fact that like he can't even grip a baseball still, and they're probably going to revisit this. What was it, five to six weeks? Yeah, it's like five to, to six even, weeks not touching a baseball. Yeah, like just to revisit and say, okay, let's check and see how you are. So that, not a throwing program. Like, I mean, this guy potentially is probably going to be on the 60-day IL. I could only imagine if that's the time length. Mm-hmm. And so I guess with that, maybe that's a way of – of adding additional left-handed, maybe on the 60-day IL, and they add someone to the 40-man as a left-handed reliever. Mm-hmm. There's potential there. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like outside of Hernandez, there, there really isn't, at least this way, there's not many intriguing options. <laughs> yeah. But I think before we signed Jarlin, there wasn't a single lefty on the 40-man. Sorry, Harlan. Yeah, before we signed him, I don't think there was a single lefty on the 40-man. So I'm just trying to think, like, how did we let this happen? Like, <laughs> remember like, a minute ago when you're like, Congratulations, there's actually three yeah. outfielders. Yeah, we, 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 there we you now go. shifted into bullpen. <laughs> I don't want to turn this, it was it's a happy day. I don't want to turn it into a Ben Sherrington rant, but I'm just like, sure. You're a general manager of a real life baseball team, generally, we can't, we can't <laughs> get basic roster construction down. It's, it's it's something that's really frustrating to me. And I'm probably overreacting because right. because you, you are completely right. We're not competing this year. We're probably going to win like 73 to 75 games, which I will take. <laughs> um, yeah. But I keep hearing about how like the message from the front office and like the team is that like now we're trying. Now we're going to try to win. Great. Can we start putting together a serious MLB roster? <laughs> I guess is my complaint. Right. Well, you know, if you're trying to win, you would have Endy, but that's oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you, you guys spend like five <laughs> minutes on Endy's last episode, we wouldn't have to go there, right? We don't need to do that. Um, <laughs> but I guess I'll just throw this out there. So, some guys we talk about intrigue. I, I know I was for a quick minute, I was on the Caleb Smith train of intrigue, and that ended very, very quickly. I think his <laughs> next time, like, we talked to Justice after the injury, and I was like talking to him about him, and he was like, I don't know, I'd really been mentioned or brought him up or you know looked into his pitching and stuff because again him adding the two seamer added some intrigue mm-hmm. uh and then his next outing outing i think he gave up two home runs and i was like okay well never mind i'm done this yeah. is <laughs> it's, it's, he's the same guy that was his problem all along to begin with so i'm over that let's talk about a person and we don't have to go too too deep into this okay. because there's really not a need to but he did pitch today part of the post game uh it is a lefty he's not the 40 man but cam aldrin i mean he did pitch for the pirates last year uh he had a very nice outing today I mean, okay. he came in, bases loaded, two strikeouts, did his job. Uh, I, I don't, again, know how much intrigue there is with him, but he is a left-hander. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw what he did last year, and he's having a decent spring so far. I don't know if he's won, but he is a lefty. Maybe he gets added on. We'll okay. find out. So I'm looking at his pitches from today. He is a sinker ball pitcher who doesn't throw Shocking. for a lot of velocity. And still gets swings and misses. Okay, that that's intriguing. I have no idea how to feel about him because I haven't been able to watch a lot of spring training games. I've been at work. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> um, it's not when they're on TV. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> right, the night they're on the night. Yankees can't afford a broadcast. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't know. Those are like the guys that are really, really hard to like actually get anything from because you're in the like 
at that point in the game, who are you facing? True. You're, you're facing – And it wasn't really anybody he, he struck out. Yeah, Matt Walner and David Benuelos, who I'm sure are very nice guys, but I've never heard of them before in my life. Um, and so, like, if he turns out to be some, like, magic person, I'll be very happy. I'll put it the, but there's doubt in my mind. No, I mean, that's absolutely fair, too. Um, so let's do this. So right. get into the game. Um, any other pitchers that maybe showed out for you? Again, we talked about Keller. He looked good. Talk a little bit about Aldridge right now. Jose Hernandez, who didn't look good. Um, mm-hmm. Ramirez, Majinski, Crow, Holderman all came in today. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hernandez stood out for the wrong reasons. Right. But I was a fan of, and I have been for this entire spring of Holderman. And Same. as much as I dislike shedding cheap, good hitters for relief pitchers, I like how Holderman looks. His stuff looks dirty. He's got a great sink. He's got a 99 mile per hour sinker. He's getting swings and misses. I am a fan of him. And uh, I think he'll probably, I think him setting up with um, Bednar for the eighth and ninth innings are going to be a lot better than whatever the hell we had last year. <laughs> yes, very good point. And really, most of the spring that we've talked about hasn't even been with Bednar. So, like, there's a guy mm-hmm. coming back who's pretty damn good pitcher. He'll he'll be in this bullpen. But uh, like with Holderman too, I'm I'm pretty intrigued with him. I know Jim and I have gone back and forth, and Jim's like, "You're an idiot. He's a guy." I'm like, "Whatever." But I, I'm like, I, like Jim's like, "I'm not going to get intrigued by any reliever. Period. The relievers." But like, I am intrigued with mm-hmm. Holderman. And like, here's the thing too. And I'm not trying to say like he will eventually this, but like you said, he's hitting 99. He's hitting 99 in the middle of March. So like yeah. I'm also curious. So what's what's Horderman in in April and mm-hmm. May if he's doing that right now? So there is intrigue with him. I mean, I think a lot of us saw the the video the Pirates put out with Horderman, like it was like day two of pitchers and catchers reporting and him working mm-hmm. with the catchers and just talking about the different stuff he's been working on this offseason and whatnot. So I think like the intrigue for me started then. I was starting to watch him a little closely. Uh, yeah. Not that I mean I liked him last year at the trade. I get what you're saying about the trade. We'll, have to mm. talk this in trade, you know, reasons, yeah. but like him as a pitcher, I was intrigued in the beginning with. So yeah, I'm still certainly intrigued by him right now. Um Cameron Carmen had a bit of a rough day, right? He did, yeah. but I also had like some positive takeaway from him, also. I mean, he's looked pretty solid this spring, too. I think I went to go shower during when he pitched, so part of when he pitched, so I didn't get to see a whole lot. Fair. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you tell me how he did. Oh, well, just uh, – so I guess in general, triple the game, he had, what, two earned runs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was point one innings, three hits, two earned runs. So, again, like it wasn't a bad outing, but he was missing bats here and such too. Uh, okay. But, again, like overall, like his he has had a good spring. He has. I agree. It, I mean, this isn't a guy that I'm thinking like you have to worry about for this year. He's not going to be really part of the organization – uh, mm-hmm. Or should they the the team? He'll be part of the organization. I hope, <laughs> unless they make a trade. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he'll be part of the organization of the team. But like what yeah. I've like, seen from him so far this spring has been pretty encouraging. And again, he was missing yeah. bats today, even though he also wasn't missing bats. They scored runs. But yeah, from the bit I've seen of him, I've been very happy with Cartman. And like whenever I go to the baseball savant and I like click on a game, the first thing my eyes always go to is the swing and misses. 
Mm -hmm. because I think it gives me the best idea of like how the pitcher is doing and like, no, like six in like, I don't know how many pitches he had, but like 30 pitches and like 20 pitches and six swings and misses. That is very encouraging. Right. And the discouraging part is it took him 30 pitches to record an out. (laughs) Well, I'm just looking. It seems like he couldn't throw strikes today. But yeah. that's but that's that's also the nature of spring training where like you're you're working with stuff. So I'm not too terribly worried about not throwing strikes. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he was drafted as a starter. Do you see him as a starter? I'm not sure. I do. Hmm. It's a fair question. I mean, I think ultimately probably not. But obviously, you're going to give him every opportunity. Yeah. I just I see his stuff. And it seems like he struggled with command his entire time in the majors or right. in, in professional baseball. So I feel like that would project more to be in a, being more of a reliever role because as a starter, he got rocked in double A. Yep. Um, but he has high strikeout stuff. I mean, you, you see the movement he has on his cutter, right? Not on his cutter, on his, uh, no, his cutter, and he has a sinker. So like he has three nice pitches that he can, that he combines well. It would just be nice if, like, he could be a starter. I kind of put him in the same boat as Kyle Nicholas, where, like, they're fun. That's that's a good, yeah. But I don't know if I see them more than just bullpen arms. And honestly, that's fine, because I have suffered through some of the worst bullpens I have seen as a fan in 20 years, the last three years or so. Right. <laughs> no, that's Hill's fair, because I definitely the... don't look at Nicholas as a starter either. I yeah. haven't. I don't think anyone saw him as a starter, even when the trade came about. Well, like I, think every, I think everyone kind of projected him to be a reliever at that point, too. Yeah. If, you know, you followed the good, good people. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> um, so I guess let's pivot. So we talk about, you know, a lot of the pitchers and stuff. We've talked about some of the batters, too. But let's pivot to, I think, you know, the guy that all of us really, really want to talk about from this game. Cabrian Hayes, another home run, pulled it again. Just laced it. And I think what was funny too was, and they were even talking about it, you know, during the game when it was happening, it looked like he was trying to hit it away. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going back to what's been working this spring. I'm just going to swing, <laughs> get ahead of it, and drive it over the fence. And that's what he did. And he yeah. hit his third home run again. Uh, I just like, like, I mean, I, for as, everything we started this show, talking about how excited, you know, we are for Mitch Keller, yeah. I feel the same thing for Cabrian Hayes right now. I'm so excited to see what Cabrian Hayes does this year. Hayes has been really fun. Um, and to your point about him, like hitting, trying to hit the ball away, you know, things like that. I actually didn't mind that because it shows he has the ability to like, if he needs to, he can spoil a pitch to the opposite side for a single. And like, where like he can adjust and he doesn't always have to sell it for power. But the fact that he's now finally pulling the ball, selling out for power, launching the ball, hitting the ball hard every time and he's not just hitting ground balls i am so excited like he's already a four war player so the idea of him like now becoming like a decent power bat and like i think you mentioned just before like you don't need him to be like 130 wrc plus you don't need him to be a brian reynolds level hitter if you just get him to 110 115 that's a six war player making nine million dollars a year yeah. <laughs> and that is like a it's really cool to think about because if this team is going to start competing Hayes kind of has to be that hey we can't 
get by with Hayes hitting like an 87 WRC plus and like being a detriment to the lineup. And so, no, the sprint has been very encouraging and he's been rewarded. That was a great home run. He, he, the swing was smooth. The swing, his hand, bat speed is fast. He moved his hands through the plate. And I mean, I don't know why he didn't do this three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like I'll put it this way. I'll argue with you, and it's not going to be a, a big argument, but I'll argue with you that the team can get by with that. Okay. And, but again, I guess this is where the excitement comes from. Like, he's still a three-war player mm. with that terrible of a bat. And I think most organizations will take a three-war third baseman. Like, if mm. that's your floor, just because of how good the defense is, I'll take that. But that's why this is the exciting part. Because yeah. if he is just league average, which means he's like 15% better than what he was last year, mm. That's where I, if he's 15% better and he's just league average, which mm-hmm. means, eh, he's a league average third baseman. That's nothing. Yeah. Like, like you said, like that's a four or five war player. If he excels and becomes like an above average, which mm-hmm. is like, I'm not trying again. I know it's spring, but yeah. what he's doing right now. Well, it's not about the slash line. It's about it, what his approach and how he's swinging the bat. Right. That's, that's the important part. You, you hear him talk about mm-hmm. what he adapted and what he wanted to do this offseason, how he worked on it. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing the results from that hard work. And I'm not here to tell you, like, he's going to hit 30 home runs and he's going to do all this, right? But, like, the results that we're seeing from the fundamental change in his approach mm-hmm. and his swing and everything, if he can just go out there and bat 280 and hit 15, 20 home runs, like, that's yeah. and that's nothing from a third baseman. That's, that's, that's all we're asking that's for, that's right? <laughs> this is a six-war player you're basically talking yeah. about from Brian Hayes. And that's why I feel like, like yeah, any team could probably, you know, if you're taking a three-war player to third, that, that's fine. You can build around it. But now you have someone like that. Mm. Now maybe there's still Brian Reynolds. Now Cruz takes the next step. Like, now you're seeing a team being built. And you yeah. can supplement those instead of looking at Brian Hayes as a supplemental piece. So like yeah, that's yeah. how he changes this. He now becomes a dude opposed to just he's there, he's good, he's a safety net. Um, and that's what has me so excited for him. It, it's crazy to think about because like I don't know if you've ever seen like like the foolish baseball like top fifty and like how he like judges players like in terms of, like the rank. Uh-huh. Brian Hayes like 110 WRC plus is like in the top 20% of players in baseball. Like that, that is just how good his defense is. <laughs> he's right. So like, you, you, we're not even asking him to become Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. Like we're not. So, uh, but I was a little skeptical when I saw him put on 15 pounds of muscle because I'm like, that was never the issue. You've always destroyed the daylights out of the ball. I was kind of getting Gregory Polanco flashbacks. Um, right. But, <laughs> um, no, he, he's happily, proven me wrong and been very uh been very happy with his spring everything about him and been very mature and i is hearing him hearing him talk he had a plan he executed the plan i'm just hoping to god that it happens during the season too for sure uh i i didn't i kept track to a point i don't think he's played or the game he did play in between maybe didn't have any hits out there whatever but i I knew at one point four out of the five hits he had were all pulled. Uh, the, yes. the fifth one was, like I said, it was like a little bit to the left of center field. It was still like center field. It wasn't like dead center. Mm-hmm. Field. So it was still on the left-hand side of the outfield per se. So today makes it five out of six. And again, another home run. So three home runs out mm-hmm. of six balls that have reached the outfield or further. 
So again, mm. like I understand if you look at the batting average aspect, right? Like the batting average is low, but right. Like talk about like it's small sample, you know, mm-hmm. like one hit that bloops in raises your batting average 50 points. So that's where we're at. Like, that's why like the, the averages and slash doesn't matter too much. Yeah. But, um, but right. Like I'm not too worried about that. What I'm worried about is his approach and how he looks as a hitter. And he looks so far to be a damn good hitter. And yeah. to your point, you said before, we knew he could hit away. Like that's probably one of the hardest things to do. And like, that's naturally what he is good at. Yeah. Pulling the ball, ball and hitting it as hard as we know he can hit it and doing that is what he needed to work on. And it seems like he worked on it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did the work. And I mean, in pulling the ball is one thing. It's also the other thing of actually elevating the ball. Yes. He just kept, he kept getting under, he kept getting over so many baseballs that he would beat the crap out of like hitting like, but that would go right to the shortstop. And to your point about like batting average, like I'm not terribly concerned about batting average because he bat, he hit like 260 in 2021. I'd rather see him hit 235 and give me 20 home runs than let him hit 260 and give me like six. Right. You know, so if he, if he has to sell out a bit of contact and his batting average dips a little, I don't mind. No, same. Uh, I, I, I really don't care. <laughs> give, give me the home runs. Yeah, I just want to see him drive the ball, and that's what he's yeah. doing right now. So, and, and mm-hmm. what today said, had the hardest hit ball, 107.1 miles per hour, which I think had a 17-degree mm-hmm. launch angle, um, but it did go for 384 feet for another home run. So, Cabrian Hayes continuing his intriguing spring. Yeah, you can't you can't say anything about it yet, unfortunately. But <laughs> I'm very very intrigued. Yes. <laughs> All right, um, and then I guess just to touch the notes again, O'Neill Cruz did go over three two strikeouts today. I think today was his first multi strikeout performance. Again, mm-hmm. that was one of the things we talked about with Cruz. Things that you like to see. Right. I think he had yeah. six strikeouts coming in today. So I guess to me, today makes eight for the season. Still a very low mm-hmm. K rate, but today he went over three or two strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing that I noticed that I, you could correct me. I remember his first strikeout was just on a rising fastball. Mm-hmm. I'm more concerned about him missing uh, breaking balls. Yep. And so. But I, I do think that it has been great, like absolutely fantastic to see that he hasn't been a uh, he hasn't been striking out as much, and he's still hitting for power. Like I said, I think he has three home runs this spring. Am I right to say that? Yes, three home runs. And so, yeah, no, just seeing those steps forwards are encouraging, which is weird because I no, feel my like bad, two home runs. I guess two home runs. Okay, is is good to see Cruz that because I also feel like we've struck out a lot as a team this spring training. Facts. And I think that's just the uh I think that's just the Andy Haynes experience, the wild ride. But to be fair, he also was very unlucky to not double to lead off the game. Yeah. Like he smoked the ball down the first baseline. And so no, I've been I think, I think that had expected batting average like six sixty. And then yeah. Reynolds was next up and his was smoked also had like expected a five fifty and both were outs. I mean yep. that's baseball. But yeah, it's your baseball. Point. And it's great training. It's like, no, I've been very happy with Cruz. And like, even if he just gets it down to 25% strikeout rate, oh, that's incredible. <laughs> like, I, I will take that every day of the week. So, yeah, no, much yeah. like your, we said about Hayes, he doesn't need to improve that much on the case, yeah. right? Like, you don't need astronaut, like at 25%, he's mm-hmm. 
he's really good. And that's what like, I have to tell people like who are low on Cruz. I'm like, his floor last year was a 30 home run season and 100 RBIs. That was his floor. So like, not to like say like, oh, he's like the next like Aaron Judge, but like he's going to be good. I'm not. If there are people worried about in camp, O'Neill Cruz is not one of them. Fair, fair, fair. All right. Well, how about this? With that said, anything else that stood out today? Anything else that you want to really, really talk about? Um, unless you really want to talk about Mark Mathias. Uh, not really. Um, not really. Not yeah. yet. <laughs> I, I do have this feeling he's going to find his way on the roster, and I think that has yeah. more to do with the lack of Bay and Castro their performance like how we talked about with Swinsky and mm-hmm. yeah uh well official sources have been selling my ears that uh Ralph Castro might spend starting triple a and the thing about that is I wouldn't be opposed like I think it's the opposite of the like the Swinsky situation Swinsky yeah. isn't playing well but the guys under him are mm-hmm. are barking they're wanting to get in there and they're playing well and I think the second base situation it's just pathetic all around that like no one wants it so there's really no one pounding on the door so yeah, what are your maybe they for? all get sent down and it's mark mm-hmm. Mathias getting the i mean i still think bay is going to be completely fine i just think his skill set plays too well to not be fine yeah but no they've all been kind of terrible um <laughs> <laughs> and it's always right. it, it sucks because chris owen also might like somehow get his play get his way into a roster spot by default and i will lose my yeah. mind over it he, he's just josh van meter like at the, i i cannot shake the comparison he's going to be josh van meter again if he makes the roster so don't want to see him anywhere near the team i'll put it this way though that's true the <laughs> only thing about him though is we probably won't need to see him play first base at least or catch or catch <laughs> and hopefully pitch. So at least, <laughs> at least he'll be in his box that he needs to stay within. If he's the next Josh Van Meter. I almost feel bad. Josh Van Meter is probably like the nicest guy alive. I, and if you just destroy him on a daily basis, as Pirates. Fans. I know. I, I It's like, it, it's not about Josh Van Meter. It's about yeah. Charrington. Who, yeah. Who employs but, him? Yeah. But anyways, right. <laughs> no, we won't need to go into Matthias too deep. Um, but that's pretty much all I had. Yeah, I'm good. All right. So, yeah, Pirates do win 7-4. to four. They improved this spring to, gosh, I just had, what, 6-12-3? and three? Is that what all it right. is? 6-12-3. and three. They go back to, yep, 6-12-3. and three. So there you go. Moving <laughs> on up. <laughs> all right, we'll get out of here. Um, right. I know they play tomorrow. Probably not a post-game show. So, um. Jim, myself, Cody, and Tyler all going down to Brandon next week. We'll be there from Sunday to Sunday. Uh, if you guys are able to do a post game, let it like just we might have post games without for everyone wanting to know. It depends um, on when the Xavier pit game is, but maybe there you go. I will, I will check the schedule. So, with that said, for the next post game, next podcast show, all TBD for right now, <laughs> but there'll be tons <laughs> of content this week. I'll promise you that. Sounds good. So let's get out of here. Appreciate everyone for watching, listening to the podcast. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. 
Thank you, and let's go Bucks.